This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property and talking of humans. Our guest is probably one of my favourite human beings on this planet and we are absolutely graced with her presence and blessed to be so. So we've got the wonderful Lizzie Grant with us. I call her Lizard and I think all of you listeners will become accustomed to why we call her Lizard because she'll explain it over the course of the podcast. But I'm going to hand over to Queen Lizard and let her introduce herself. Lizzie Grant, who are you? I am Lizard the Wizard. (laughs) Yes, you are. Um, known to some people as lizard, some whiz, I mean, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, so, so luckily I've managed to shoehorn you into my extremely busy calendar today. Oh, we're very grateful. Before. Between lunches and leisure, darling. <laughs> You're very lucky you caught me. Um, yeah, so I started investing in property, I can't believe it, seven years ago, just over seven years ago, and where I met all you lovely people. And yeah, I haven't done a massive amount, but enough. I've done what I needed to do to get free and to be able to lounge around here, not sitting in office with files and things behind me. Um, just to be lounging here with um, a soft drink for once. Um, yeah, so pro- property is, is, um, has been my saviour, really, I suppose. And I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, because you, I mean, I suppose if we think back to like what led you to property, it was a pretty dark space, wasn't it? It was a bit really, yeah, because, you know, I was, I was over 60 when I realised that um, I drifted through life in a bit of a dream, quite a nice dream mostly, but not, you know, I knew nothing about um, financial freedom, really planning for the future, which is odd because I had spent some time as a, a life coach. So I'd been kind of talking to other people about that, that kind of stuff, apart from the financial freedom bit, but I hadn't really um, registered it in my own life and realized that actually we were, we were heading for disaster um, because we were both, my husband and I were both freelance. We had three daughters. Um, my husband was an art, well, still is an artist. Arsehole, I nearly said. Art. <laughs> um, That's the sorry, human side sorry. of it. Right if there. the cap yeah. I'm not sure which of those is, is the right answer. At the moment. Um, so, you know, we were really heading for disaster because we were absolutely skint. And sadly, both my parents had died and they had left me some money. But they'd also left me their money mindset which is that if you have any money you don't spend it you save it for the next generation which is something that my parents had never been able to do because they both came from very poor backgrounds and so yeah so I I had money in the building society but no you know very little income and we were really struggling um I don't know how much you want to know but yeah so that so then I realized that Actually, if I, that we were spending my dad's money just on living, which he would have absolutely hated, and realised I needed to kind of use that money, which is what he would have done to grow it, um, but, you know, to survive. And, and I, I 
thought about property investing knowing absolutely nothing about it at all. Um, so I went out one day, I went shopping and I bought a house, the first house I saw, didn't even look on Rightmove, went to an estate agent uh, for cash, which I thought was jolly clever. <laughs> That is quite clever, buying a house with cash. Bloody stupid. <laughs> um, so, you know, so I, I spent all my savings. Then I, I had no savings. We're still broke. No savings and an empty house. <laughs> rather cleverly, I, I bought it in February as a student's house, only because it was furnished for students. I didn't know anything about student lets. Um, thinking that students would hop in there very happily, but of course they don't move into their houses in February, as I now know. So I had an empty house, which I had to, I didn't think about doing anything else with it because I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I had an empty house with, you know, few bills to maintain that, no savings. And so we were actually worse off than we'd been before. Um, but I did love my little house. Um, and that was when I met Jill. I went to a property networking group in Guildford, which is where the house is, and met Jill who told me what a complete idiot I was. Um, and I realised that I needed to actually learn how to do this properly. And for listeners who aren't sure who Jill is, you'll remember back, we've had this lady on the podcast. So that's Jill Fielding. Um, she's been on Property Jam and she's actually also been, you know, she's kind of where our, all our journey started. And that's, that's, you know, she was the one that really taught us. That's, that's who Lizzie's referencing. And what did she call you? She called you a daft heart, didn't she? And just said, daft you know, heart, what yeah. have you done? I was so proud. I said, I have got a house. <laughs> no, I've got a house and I bought it for cash. And she said, what, you daft tart? You bought, you bought one house with all your cash. And I thought, oh my God. Not, it wasn't as clever as I thought. <laughs> so luckily I learned how to do it because if I hadn't learned how to do it, I'd probably still have that house, which would have given me a little bit of income not solved my problems so it was learning to, to leverage that one property that's actually enabled me to um become financially free and and enjoy it i love it yeah which by the way you have smashed out the ballpark because i always i mean me and anna so anna cox who's also a guest on on, on property jam we, we all know each other and, and lizzie anna and i live in sort of similar part of london Anna and I always have a little bit of gossip about Lizzie's portfolio because we're bloody jealous of it because it is such a sexy little portfolio because you've got the beauty of capital growth in the area that you've invested in, but also the high income from the, the student HMO market that you've tapped into as well. It, you, you didn't need to kind of build this huge empire to get what it was that you needed, but it set you up for life and it is so abundant. It is such a good portfolio, isn't it? Well, I suppose so, but then I, I, I also look at you two, especially Anne, and I think, yeah. hell, how did that happen? Yeah. Talk about the motor, the, the wealth motorway. She and I started exactly the same year, 2014, and I've kind of, and she suddenly went past me and is building hotels, and you've got classy, swanky HMOs and stuff. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm not, you know, we've done it a different way, but um, yeah, I have been, my, mine has done me well. Portfolio. But then, but then, bear, bear in mind that um, you probably had a quite a stress-free day um, today. Obviously, well, it's probably quite stressful. Obviously, you had to fit us in. <laughs> that was a bit of a worry. I had to think about, you know, what was I going to wear? Well, <laughs> obviously, or, or what not to wear. Yeah. Or well, I, that's where I started because I thought it was just audio, and I tend not to wear a lot around the house on a hot day. 
but I, I emailed Niall just to check and then saw it was a Zoom and I thought, oh, bloody hell, I better get some kick on. I better get dressed. <laughs> well, yes, we, we, we are known to use a little bit of our video. Uh, well, that, Niall warned me about that, so I, I, um, I, I dealt with the Thank top you. Thank Niall, you. Niall, you should have on your Zoom her. seat. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said, no, it's all audio. <laughs> I couldn't do that to <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think just uh, what you were talking about, Lizzie, I think it, it just everybody has got different goals, different visions, different needs. And as long as you're focusing on your own and not worrying about what anybody else does, then it doesn't really matter. No matter how many hotels Anna's doing, which is amazing, um, that's that's her that's her goals. If those are her goals, that's what she's aiming for. Yeah, it can be very easy to get distracted and see what other people are doing and think, oh, my God, how are they doing so well? And I'm not. Why are they able to do three HMOs and I've only done one? But in reality, you don't need to if you don't need to. Yeah, and I think that's really important not to look at other people as well um, and compare yourself. Because, mm. You know, it's not healthy and it doesn't help. You know, And of course, I'm, I'm if ever I do think, you know, why aren't I doing something like that? You know, I'm a lot younger. I don't want to be working as hard as Anna works, to be honest. You're, you're a lot younger than Anna, are you? Is that what I'm you're not, saying? I mean, did I say younger? Yeah. You did, yes. <laughs> but that, that says everything about that your says, mindset. says a lot, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm a lot older than Anna. I feel young, but I'm a lot older than Anna. So that's not, you know, and she, so we both started seven years ago. I, at my, um, seven, you know, my age now, I don't want to be doing what Anna's doing. No. I don't want that. I don't want the, the hard no. work. So. And I think it's great we all do it in different ways. So do I. I think I think that's one of the, the, the human sides of property. But actually, I'll leave one of the boys to ask you that question. because I'll. I'll no, be no, no, you can ask it, Joe, if you'd like. Yeah. You, yeah, feel free. Oh, thanks. I never asked this question because I'm the one that talks too much. So I always let the boys then <laughs> to, uh, ask this question. But Lizard the Wizard. What would you say the human side of property means to you? I think actually I've got two answers. One is, is literally the people involved in, in my properties. So it's my tenants and certainly my power team, my one person in particular, who, is, is, who just does everything, which is fantastic in, in the South anyway. Um, and and also that the people that I mix with like you guys, because uh -huh. I, I simply can't imagine doing this on my own without backup and support and, and people who are doing much more than me and um, different things from me. So, yeah, so I, th I think that the human side is definitely people. And, and, and the bit I like is, is, and I also feel there's a kind of human side to properties as well. And I like my, my properties. I like tweaking them and fiddling with them and doing a you know, little bit. So I, I, I feel as if my properties kind of have a, a human side as well, really. Is that too many answers to one question? Loved it. Loved it all. No, no, no. Humanizing property. Yeah. Yeah, giving them a lot. So do you have names for your houses then? <laughs> you should. No, I refer, my houses are all referred to by their initials. So I have NWORCRDC. MW, um, so they're all referred to um, by their initials. Don't have names for them, but I, I did keep the name, the, the kind of number plates from the first two I bought. 
Um, Hang on. Well, is anyone else going initials of what? Like, is it the street name? No, it's the house. So, well, it's the street there. Northway, Orchard Road, Canterbury That's Road. That's it. Okay, got it. Yeah. 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 I think that's quite common. Um, yeah, I think. I yeah, did it by we... number. I did it by number. Does anyone else? No, we... One, we, two, we... Three, four, five. No, I always be like, oh, one, two, eight, two, four, eight, two, three, five, nine. You know what I mean? Like, no, we, yeah. we can't do that anymore because we've got, you know, the houses. Yeah. Well, we actually know we used to refer them on a street name, but we can't do that anymore because we've got multiple houses on the, oh, same, on street. the same street. Yeah. So then we start doing it by number, and then it's kind of confusing because we've got houses in different same number, with the same numbers. <laughs> so you go number thirteen is like okay, we well, yeah, which thirteen? Yeah. yeah. Nice number and first letters. Uh, the you moved on to road. individual names now. Have you have you actually got pet names for your properties now, boys? <laughs> Only there's one of them we call it the Happy House. Why? Uh, because it's well, it's really Happy House. <laughs> It's, um, so some people call it the happy house. Are yeah, your yeah. tenants high? Is that why it's no? High? It's it's basically because of the the uh, the interior design and the 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 layout of the property was done so that the tenants and the housemates would be happy when they're living there. Oh, so we've got like that affirmations above the doors and things like that to keep. Oh, them... I know which house. Yeah, that's yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, really nice. And you haven't bothered with the other houses. You don't yeah. want to have yeah, no, the, rest of, the rest of them were all miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that having the complete opposite? Just yeah. like really yeah. negative message. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the one where the doctor strips off and leaves his clothes at the door because he's just so depressed every time he enters into his no, room? That, that's, no, that's, a, that's, that's number 13. Uh, that's number 18. He's 18, our He's in the basement. Oh, oh. No. there you go. Oh, well, 13 would have made more sense. Unlucky for some. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it, makes more se- it makes more sense now because if he's in the basement, then like like the, the utility room is right, right next door. So that, you know, if, if I knew that, I would probably have got more on the tenant side. If anyone is wondering what we're on earth are talking about, you need to go back and listen to the episode with Neil Walton a few episodes ago. Mm. We talk about the... Um, first come, first weekend. served, I think it was, wasn't it? First come, first served, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, this tenant who left, takes his clothes off outside his door and then goes and leaves it as a, in a pile on the floor outside his door. But he has, he has like a little trail from the front door basically to his bedroom where he'll have umbrellas, shoes, bags, anything and everything you can think of. He just drops them along the way. I don't know why this amuses me so much, but ever since we recorded that episode, that just keeps coming to mind. Like... <laughs> Oh, it's funny. Yeah. Joe, yeah. you need to go out more. I really, well, listen, it's been a pandemic, babe. I'll take what I can get in terms of stories. Like, honestly, that's why, that's why I need to rely on Lizard because if anyone has stories, like this woman has the best stories, property or otherwise, like they're, they're, she's so much fun to drink with. But um, on that note, um, did you come armed with a question for us, Lizard? Do you know, I couldn't think of anything imaginary or amusing or anything. Such doesn't need to be imaginary i think uh, the real life is probably a better question <laughs> Imaginative. um i think my, my question was 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 what do you do you have an idea of where you would all be, have been without all this what, what would you oh. Be doing? oh that's, that's a question that's <laughs> who would these people be what would you be doing matt would you still be playing music or Okay, so if we get, I suppose we have to go back to that moment, which didn't happen, 
and then where where was I going at that particular point so the moment where I found property if I hadn't let's say because I went to an event um I, I didn't really I didn't really want to go I was dragged to this event and let's say that I found a reason not to go I was growing the music school in Oxfordshire I probably would have kept growing it I probably would have um probably joint ventured with someone else in the town and and been quite unhappy with that seeing kind of what what they've done um but then and how would i have grown beyond that i'd have probably continued to play music um imagining that i was getting signs doing gigs you know just doing the same old um but then I've always had this entrepreneurial side. So would I have found something else to do? Would I found yeah, another that business? That, that would have come through. Yeah, so it would have come through in some way, shape or form. Um, so that that was always an idea. Uh, so I was growing that business. Um, I, would, I wouldn't have met my fiance. True. I wouldn't have a daughter. I wouldn't because our, there's no way our paths would have crossed because she lived in the middle of nowhere. Well, Devon. Glances to and, the side. Uh, <laughs> apologies to all our Devonian listeners. <laughs> um, so that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have uh, yeah, the best one-year-old in the world. Oh. Um, and also equally the worst. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, what else wouldn't have happened? What else would would be different? You wouldn't be doing um, this podcast. I, I would not yeah, be doing this podcast. podcast. True, I wouldn't true. have met Niall. Life would have been very different. Wouldn't have met. Actually, wouldn't have met any of you guys. So, um, it's really hard to really hard to say. But it would have gone in a very very different way. Hard to know, like on 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 the happiness scale as well. Yeah, how happy would you have been with that with that outcome? Mm. Um, depends. Again, we talked about this um, um, in the previous podcast about growth and growing i think if you're growing something then it's good because you know where you're going if, if you're sitting still then it can feel frustrating so i think i would have been growing something somewhere else and go from there brilliant anyway i've talked enough uh jay <laughs> well, your sign's gone joe yeah, I think Joe was the one that made the noise. No, I'll leave it to you while Joe's okay. he's at. I'll go next. Okay, uh, yeah, that, that's a difficult one to answer, actually, because I was looking for something at the time. Um, I, I was looking for a change. I, needed, I knew I needed to do something because I was really fed up with my day job. Um, I, didn't, I was contracting, and I didn't enjoy it. Um, and as a, as a contractor, I didn't have a pension in place. Um, so, and I, and I had no savings, so it was a complete disaster. So I knew I needed to change something, but had I not got into property, I probably would have just continued bouncing around from job to job. Cause that's what I did. I tried so many different careers and jobs and, um, yeah, industries before I fell into property. Um, that I probably would have just continued doing the same thing, still been looking for something to, uh, to satisfy that that gap, if you like, um, so yeah, I, I probably would have been in a 
in a worse position, I can imagine. Of course, there aren't many other. I can never think of anything that um, can do what property does, really, when you're in that situation. Yeah. Um, you know, no savings and no pension. Well, exactly. It, it's, it's um, yeah, I, I was just in my early 30s when I started. And, um, yeah, it, it's just when... When I got to that point, I was thinking, well, what, what happens if I get sick? Like, who, yeah. who pays the rent? I was only like a, one pay slip away from yeah. <laughs> being kicked out of my flat and going bust, really. You know? So, uh, yeah, that, that had to change. Um, and property just seemed like the most logical way to make that change um, in the shortest term possible. I had no idea, of being completely honest, that it would have grown or that it was going to grow to where it is now. Or that I would be doing what I'm doing now, um, because it wasn't until Matt and I started working together that things really started to take off, um, and gone in a completely different direction to what I ever could have imagined it would. Again, it's that thing about not doing things on your own, isn't it? Mm. Well, that that wasn't a very inspiring question. I feel as if everyone's gone a bit blur, you know, because well, we've still we've still lost Joe at this stage. Oh, um, what's happened? Oh, yeah, she's. She knows she's been lost. I think she, she does. Yeah. No. Oh, something's can you hear happening. Me? That sounds yeah. Oh, that's better. Okay, you can. <clears throat> so okay, to you, so, Joe. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think it's a it's a big one, isn't it? A bit like what Matt was saying. I was on this journey to try and find something that you know, fulfilled me. And, you know, I tried, I tried the PhD route to teach and that didn't work out. And, you know, I actually think I probably would have stayed in the industry I was in and tried to pave my way into an area within it that suited me. So it would have been communications um, or it would have been, oh, I don't know, maybe equality and diversity within the public sector, something like that. Um, but, I, I don't know how long that would have lasted because, you know, like we said on the previous episode, the job model does not suit my brain. I'm too fluid for that. I don't like being plugged into somebody else's system. It just doesn't suit me. I like to be in control of my time. And yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think I would necessarily, I think I would have just ticked on on this quest to find the thing that was fulfilling, but I just don't know if I'd have ever found it. Mm. I, I really, I, I think it would have just been a very unsatisfying journey. Yeah, that's that's what I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was a very boring question. It wasn't. No, I... it wasn't at all. I think there's probably an, an inevitability, like Matt has said earlier, that we probably would have gone into some type of business because we all have that desire to not work for anybody else, to mm -hmm. have that freedom, to have that flexibility. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Do you think we would have ended up in property anyway? Oh, that's a good. Yeah, probably. I asked before I went on my first um, <clears throat> intro day or uh, two-hour two event that I introduced me to the training organization fielding. Um, I had I had done that about a year before, maybe a year and a half before, and I was like, I don't need to do property training. I can do this on my own. I think there's everything I can just Google it and find the answers that I need to find. Um, then fast forward a year, 18 months, and I still hadn't got anywhere. 
Yeah, a lot of people say, I find that in the seminars, a lot of people say, yeah, I just look on YouTube. Yeah. That seems to be a kind of stock answer now. If you want to find anything, how to do anything, you know, like install a loo or something, just look on YouTube. It's all there. Well, you can search for anything on YouTube, but you need to know what questions to ask in order to search in the first place. So you, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. Yeah, that's where it's dangerous. Yeah. Mm. It is a, a little bit of knowledge can make a big, you can make a huge mistake for just a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. The most dangerous um, investor, isn't it? The one who just knows a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so shall we do play a little bit of um chat roulette? No, sorry, episode yeah, roulette. Back you every time, every time. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> just to explain to, to Lizzie and um, all of our new listeners, um, I'm going to scroll through all of our past episodes, um, and uh, you shout stop at any point, Lizzie, and whatever I stop on you give us your view or your opinion on that particular topic. So whether it's tenant stories or whatever. So I am scrolling. Stop. Ooh. Okay. I think you kind of answered this a little bit, but just episode seven before property. Yeah, I think I have probably. Um... Well, actually, you, you, there's a bit we don't know about you, Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah, what what was your career in? You you, you said the words, um, you were drifting through life uh, in like a dream, but it was a nice oh, dream. Yeah. yeah, no, I I had an in, I had a, a a fun time, and I worked. I um, I didn't go to university, um, and well, I was thrown out of school because um, I wasn't behaving very well. <laughs> I'm sure you're very surprised at that. So I was then sent to this funny college, but I don't know where my mother found it called Lucy Clayton which was kind of meant to be a sort of finishing school. I mean, it, it makes my parents sound as if they were wealthy. They, they weren't particularly wealthy with them, but because I hadn't gone to uni, they felt they should spend some money on me. And after a year of that, and I learned shorthand in typing, which nobody does anymore, and it was brilliant. I loved it. Um, and then I just went to an employment agency to get a job, which in those days you could. It was so easy. And there was a job in advertising, which I thought sounded like fun. And so I spent 20 years in advertising, which I loved. Um, it was the most creative time. And it was, I worked with some amazing people. And at one point I was created the managing director of, of Lowe's, which is a big group. And I used to travel around the world with him um, to all the shoots. Um, so that, that was amazing. We went on Concord to New York and we, you know, we, it was an incredible time. Um, and then I, set up an information center at the agency. Um, and then I became an account man, but they were called account men in those days. Oh my God. Um, and then I had my children and I wanted to work part-time. So I started to work from home part-time, which was about 40, no, 30 years ago or something, which nobody did in those days. Now we're all forced to, but, and then I was made redundant. Um, and I decided to do something a bit more kind of worthwhile. So I retrained as a complementary therapist and I became a reflexologist and did other kinds of therapists, which was fantastic. But, it, you know, with a freelance husband as well, I mean, he's, he's a, a figurative artist um, and all he really likes to draw is nude people, nude women. There's not a massive market, well, there wasn't a massive market for that 
erotic, figurative stuff. So that's why neither of us is making very much money. Um, and um, so, yeah, and I be, then, I be, so then I trained to be a coach and I met Brian Tracy and did workshops based on his Eat That Frog book, um, which I found when I was training to be a coach. So I've done all sorts of different things, but none of it really um, led to anything. And, I, and I, I think it's because I didn't really put my heart into any of it. And as I say, you know, if someone offered me an opportunity, I wouldn't think about it particularly. Like Brian Tracy's company said, did I want to do some of his um, business workshops, training and stuff? And I said, yeah, because he's such a nice man. It, would, it was completely the wrong thing for me to be doing. <laughs> so I would just kind of say yes to people I liked. And that's what I mean by drifting. I never really looked ahead, set goals or anything. Um, and that was how, then we became broke. And that's when I, I um, bought the house and, and discovered property. So yeah, Amazing. I did all sorts of things and great things. Had a, you know, had, had a really lovely time, but as I say, just no, pur no purpose or, or idea of what I wanted to do really when I grew up. Um, so yeah, so that, that, that was my journey actually, a long journey into property. Um, and most of it really, really good and fun. Um, and the last bit's been fun as well. Cool. Well, that's really interesting. It's, uh, yeah, because I, I I've known you now for, what, five years or whatever. Like, I've, a lot of the before property, I would never really talk about that stuff because we're always, like this, we're always just talking yeah. about property stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I kind of forget about all the stuff I did. Um, but yeah. I, try, I, I try to forget most of the stuff that I've done before. <laughs> no, but doesn't that speak to the type of person that gets attracted to property? I, I really do. I think we're all on some quest to find something meaningful. And whether property is the thing or whether it's the facilitator to finding the thing because you've got mm. more time and money, that that's why it attracts people who have our kind of heads. So I, I think that's quite telling. Yeah. Yeah, good point. It's the freedom, then you can do other things as well. Yes, exactly. And I think that's important to all of us because I, I can tell you for nothing, just looking at all four boxes on the screen, not one of us likes being told what to do. Like that's just a thing. Because mm. we, we just, we love support. We love friendships. We're all social people, but we like to very much be in control of who we are, what we do. And that draws you to something like property. There's no coincidence we're all here. Mm. Yeah, we don't want to sit around doing nothing either. None of us is a slouch. I mean, exactly. We, we don't want this financial freedom so we don't have to do anything necessarily. Exactly. We thrive on, on projects and stuff and, you know, whatever with the events. Yeah, it's having the flexibility to choose when you do them and how you do them and where you do them, really. Yeah. yeah. You can take six months off if you want and not yeah. worry about it. Um, just an FYI, Matt, just think of taking six months off. Yeah, just, 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 just you know. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Fine, don't worry. Yeah. They say, said Freedom Day happened the other day. I was like, well, what about six months? How about a Freedom six months? <laughs> ah. Cool, yeah, okay. Let's, let's, let's do one more. Do we, have we got time for yeah, one more? Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to scroll again, Lizzie. Okay. Do you shout stop again? Stop. Oh. There we go. We just kind of ticked on it. Uh, goal setting. Oh, episode right. 12. So obviously you mentioned that you goal setting or planning. What's your wasn't... take on setting goals? 
Yeah, it's yeah, as I said, I mean, I, 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 um, I did know about goal setting, and when I became a coach, of course, that that's what I was I was doing with other people, and I do it. I um, I, I mentor young offenders in Wandsworth Prison with, for a charity, and it's something that I I try and introduce to them because you know, whereas I was someone who'd never really heard of goal setting, um, some of the people I deal with have never. Well, I mean, they've more than not known about it. It doesn't even make, hasn't even entered their lives in any way apart from football goals. And it's interesting how some people really take to it and really, it's, it's such a novelty to, to think about a productive future or a future with hope by setting goals. And, you know, as long as you do make them smart goals, which really are realistic and, and achievable. Um, so now I, I think... I think goal setting is, is really exciting um, for people who've, who've never experienced it before. Mm. Um, but as long as, long as you know, they are smart and realistic, you know, they, you, you can't, I don't like all this, you know, the dreaming goals. It's, it's got to be measurable um, and achievable. And I think, I think goal setting is brilliant. I'm not a great goal mapper. I've, I've never really taken to that particularly and I, and I don't know why it works brilliantly for some people um, I'm, I'm much I'm not as visual I suppose um, but no I think goal setting is essential you know like like any any kind of journey and I think more and more I mean, that now when I speak at seminars and and you know you you say to people you talk about goal setting and and, and um, people like um, Kiyosaki and so many people Nowadays, I think it's very familiar to them. I don't know where they learn about it, whether it's taught in school now. It should be. I think it's social media, if I'm honest, though. It probably is social media. You do hear people now talking about their goals, don't you? Well, I think the younger generation generally have, they've got permission and access to information to enter into the entrepreneurial space in a way that we never had exposure to when, you know, we were going through our... I guess, developmental years, it's absolutely everywhere. You want to start your own business, like you say, you can YouTube it, you want to be successful, then you follow so-and-so. And goals always seem to be part of that, you know, positive mindset, goal setting, all of these things, these, these practices that we had to actively go out and seek, whereas it seems to be they're just bombarded with it now. It's to the point it's probably a bit overwhelming, but mm-hmm. yeah. I do wonder how much of it is actually implemented. I think a lot of it gets observed. I think it, it doesn't necessarily get implemented because of that level of overwhelm and bombardment. I think it's... Oh. But I do wonder whether it creates an unrealistic expectation of the future as well. Yes. As you say, with, with when people say, you know, it's saying, oh, if you go do this, 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 then you can go get that Lamborghini. It's like, well, yeah, it, 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 is, a, it is a minefield. Mm. Some, some, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's easily thrown around as well. You know, my goal is, um, which really means what I really wish I could have, rather than you know, a goal as I keep saying needs to be um, very specific. And there's a difference between vision and goals. Yeah, a vision should be bigger than yourself and something which is generally um, unobtainable, but something that you work very much towards. So, um, and there's goals. At, you know, like goals for a year, goals for 12, 12 weeks, 
goals for three years, goal for five years. And the further you go away, the more visionary they are. But again, it's just about making, making side posts, isn't it? So I'm going that way. And in order to get there, I need to go that step, that step, that step, that step, that step. But if I want to go that way, then I need to make that step, that step, that step. So I think people, you, you're right, get confused about what is a goal, uh, which is wake up, you know, a goal is pretty much like wake up every morning half an hour earlier to, to implement something. That's a goal. Uh, you know, to own a Lamborghini, that's a vision and a dream. Yeah, like it's like the a goal is the implementation, the vision is the aspiration. So it's, it's the implementation to the aspiration, isn't it? Yeah, the pro, the process goal. You got your, yeah, yeah you, you, it's kind of your sort of like lead goals and leg goals or um, that type of terminology. But yeah, you've got this thing you're looking to achieve, but the goal is actually how do you achieve it? Yeah. So it's the process. Mm. Sure. Anyway, we're getting very highly informative. I know, right? Oh, fuck. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, do we have time for a quick, quick fire one? Quick, quick, quick fire round, yes. Okay, I'm scrolling again, again Lizzie, scrolling again. Did you say stop? She did, yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, where, where are we? Oh, yeah. Stress. There we go. That's a good okay, one. That came up on the last episode I've as well. I've never been a stressy person. I don't get stressed particularly. I'm, I'm quite easygoing until now when I'm buying my own residential property. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so stressful. Oh, babe, why? Because you care about it. Yeah, because, it's true. You know, you find a house that you want, and it's not like a buy-to-let where you've kind of gone through it in, you know, fairly kind of unemotional way, you know, is there demand, is in the right area, and what will your cash flow be? If it doesn't come off, you think, well, another one will come along. But with residential, and at the moment, I think because of the, the stamp duty thing and everyone, you know, buying and selling houses, the process is very slow and, and my lenders are limited. And it's, it's, I've never felt stressed like it. I mean, oh, I don't think that bad. I just feel a bit stressed every now and then. How do you cope with stress, Lizzie? Um, I know what you're expecting me to say. Well, I usually have a large drink. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't trying to prime that. I was trying to see whether there was anything else that you did. Well, no, I, th I think what I think the way I cope with stress is just to talk myself through it. Really, you know, just to think I'm actually quite lucky with the way things are at the moment. If this doesn't come off, there'll be a reason why it hasn't, and I'll just have to start the process again. And it wasn't meant to to happen. But mm. it, it's, it, I think what I thought the other day was, I think that this has been sent to test me to see how I respond to stress. Because I'm not usually, people don't, I'm not usually under any stress. But when the lender hasn't come back, and I, I, I rang the lender, but of course they won't speak to me. So I ring the broker and I get quite stressy with them because, you know, I, I want mine to be priority. Have you rung them? Have you chased them? Well, you know, surely if you rang them again and, you know, why are they taking so long? And I thought the other day, I'm really not behaving very well. And I, and I think this, this, it's only been the last week or something, these, this experience of stress has been sent to, to teach me how I deal with it. And now I still haven't got my mortgage offer from the lender. I'm moving five weeks today. Um, I still haven't got the mortgage offer, but now I've, I've just, I've, I've got over it. Good girl. 
because you know, I didn't like the way I was I was behaving under stress. Um, yeah. So now I'm just Amazing. you know going with the flow again, but it, but in a, in a much more positive way because I didn't like I didn't like being stressed. I, I think what you're, I think what you're saying is really true. I think often it's the things where you are you care more and there's an emotional investment as opposed to like a financial investment, possibly financial, but in the main it's emotional investment that causes us the most stress in life. Um, and so yeah, it's just isn't it? It's catching yourself in those moments and how you're emotionally responding, just going, oh, hang on, who am I? <laughs> Who's, who's this alien that's crept out of my brain like because, you know, there are other people involved you've got the people who are buying mine the people who are buying theirs yeah. the people i'm buying from and the people they're buying from yeah change. i don't want to let any of them down if this my mortgage offer doesn't come off yeah but then yeah. you know that then you know the people who are buying mine they haven't had their mortgage offer yet as well and when i start thinking about that i think oh my god what and then you think stop it oh. yeah yeah, everyone's in the same boat in fact yeah it's all got to come together at the same time and as you say if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't and you're, you're right that yeah the antidote to stress is looking at the positive out you know, benefits for the, that thing going wrong so yeah if you're stressed about something um yeah you're thinking about the worst case scenario so what if this happens then just go well what if that happens so what positive outcome could happen so um, I know we talked about that before, probably on that particular episode. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. Quite likely. <laughs> Indeed. But uh, yeah, just to start to wrap us up, thank you so much, Lizzie, for joining us. Lizard the Wizard. Thank you. From Wave from Gizzard. I don't know how to say From Gizzard. From South London. Lizzie, Lizard the Wizard from South London. Thank you very much for being with us uh, today. It's it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at propertyjampodcast at outlook.com. See, See you on the next, next episode. episode.